There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Oh my gosh, everything old is new again on the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. You know, we talked earlier in the show about how Disney likes to remake all of their animated features and the live action features. We've had a Murphy Brown reboot. We've had uh, what other? We've had Will and Grace reboots. We've had Boy Meets World reboots. And the list goes on and, and on. And the reboots are getting rebooted. And so when we read of a reboot, we have to do a little reboot or get the boot. Reboot. Get the boot. Because we got more reboots. Reboot, reboot, Colleen. What is trying to get the reboot treatment this time? Well, I know that there's been a lot of talk about uh, a nanny reboot starring Fran Drescher. Mrs. Sheffield. No, that was really bad. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's okay. You can practice and come back. Um, So apparently, Fran Drescher is talking about that, the rumor of that reboot and wanting to do such a thing. And apparently, uh, people have been asking her about her fascination with Cardi B. I think that part of it is they have a very unique style of talking. Very New York City. Exactly. And uh, maybe she relates to her on that level. She has liked to um, celebrate uh, the the fashion. They've celebrated each other's fashion in the past. Cardi B has... Uh, paid in, paid homage to uh, Fran Drescher with an Instagram post uh, about her dress. And uh, now people are wondering if Fran Drescher would consider casting Cardi B in a nanny reboot. What say you? I say, Colleen, that I would like Cardi B to play the character of the nanny. Really? I want this to be a complete reimagining of the show. I'm sorry, Fran Drescher. I know you made it iconic. I totally understand and I totally get it. And you want this project to happen because you're talking about it. And by putting it out there in the press, you want to manifest it into existence. But I want Cardi B to star in this show because Fran Drescher put out the idea that she wants Cardi B to play your daughter. Mm-hmm. But I want Cardi B to be the nanny. To be the nanny. Yes. Now, Fran Drescher, you can play a role in this show. I don't know how. We'll get you in well, there. Don't worry could, about it. I mean, here's the thing is like, in theory... Fran Drescher could play the role of the mother, right? Because True. the nanny's mom was a character on the show. Yes. And 
Cardi B could play her daughter and they could just find themselves haphazardly in the same, same situation. situation. But I want the mom to be Fran Drescher in the supporting role in the way that her mother yes. was, who was delightful in the show. Right. So you Fran want the focus to be I on the focus Cardi to be B on as Cardi the B. nanny. Yes. Um, I have to tell you, Holly, I could not disagree with you more. <gasps> I disagree. I would say give, get the boot to this. In fact, actually, I don't even feel like we need... A reboot of the nanny at all? Oh, I don't think we need it at all. Okay, but, but that being but said, but were there one you would want Cardi B to star in it? Yeah, this is thoroughly should stay in the '90s, in the '90s time capsule where, oh, where I, it belongs. I see. Like we oh, stole yes, it in there. Yes, bye bye for future generations. Yeah. Enjoy what we did in the '90s. We need never do it again. Yeah, totally. that's how you feel about it. But that's how I feel about it in general. And and frankly, the notion of casting Cardi B in a in a TV series. I'm not down with that for the same reason that I'm struggling with my Lady Gaga experiences right now. I just I don't want her to be overexposed and she's in danger. Of course, she's in danger. she's in serious danger. Yeah. And she's had a great year and I think she's adorable. And I want to just sort of like I want to savor Cardi B. I feel like it, uh, Cardi B's career. They understand that it's a white, hot, flaming success and fuego. She's on fire. And I think they're worried that maybe perhaps... Like they need to cultivate the the longevity of her career. I they, get it. They may not have figured out how to do that yet. I so. can imagine. Yeah. Hey, we've got another one. We've oh. got another reboot. This one is okay. actually in the works. This is a real reboot. So this is happening whether you like it or not. Whether you like it or not. So we're gonna still judge it, but uh, it's gonna happen. So you you talked the other day about the new AT and T partnership with MGM, right? No. They partnered with, okay, no, this is a whole different one. New Fronts West has partnered with MGM. I don't even know what that is. I'm not really sure what New Fronts West (laughs) is, but just know that it's happening. It's a thing. And uh, New Fronts West, I feel like is a, like a a, a conference. Okay. Well, they are, they, okay. MGM has a partnership with Voodoo, which is another streaming service. And they have decided to roll out a new series based on one of my favorite 80s movies, Mr. Mom. Mr. Mom, if you don't remember, stars uh, Michael Keaton yes, as a dad whose wife, played by Terry Garr, uh, goes back to work. He gets laid off from his job. And he has to be a stay-at-home dad, and that's why they call him Mr. Oh my gosh! Mom. And there's it's and so all clever. kinds of antics ensue, hilarity, um, hilarity, uh, whatnot, what have you. So now there's a reboot in the works. This one will be a TV series or a, a streaming series. It will be a continuation of the story based on the baby of the family, Maggie or um, Megan. Megan. So the the youngest child in the movie is now grown up. She wants to go back into the workforce. And now her husband must become Mr. Mom. And hilarity ensues. Now, I want to take to task a little bit. The person who's talking about this project at this conference, mm-hmm. they're trying to sell this idea, the reboot of Mr. Mom. We thought it would be a good first step for us. We're going to reboot it. It's an American classic. Okay. Ah, uh, yeah, maybe not so much. Not an American classic. However, I think that this idea can resonate in 2018. Does it need to be connected to the first movie? Probably not. 
but I like the idea that they're giving it, uh, you know, a little traction. Colleen, you may be seething at my opinion that it is not an American classic. Uh, I'm not even really seething at that as much as I am. Not, I'm not even seething. I could not disagree with you more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I don't, I honestly don't think that this, I don't think this will play well in 2018. They have to do it right. Now, they really have to do it right in as much as they need to take it out of the 80s because time has moved on. Time has seriously moved on. Time has seriously moved on, Mr. Mom. Well, this is what I'm angry about. Don't call it Mr. Mom. First of all, don't call it Mr. Mom. Second of all, and even more importantly, there was at one point, um, I think it was a Huggies commercial that was all based on a dad just being all thumbs about changing a diaper. That's what Mr. Mom is all about. It starts out that way. This like incompetent dad who can't figure out how to diaper the child Can and I like tell you a secret? doesn't know how to vacuum. And then he figures it out and then he's like in with the in crowd. And then like he and the moms are like doing the coffee thing and doing the play date thing. And it's 2018. Dads don't babysit. Dads are dads. Here's what I need. First of all, sorry, I really had to let that out. I think Thank you, because mm-hmm. I agree with you. First confession, I've never seen <gasps> Mr. Mom all the way through. Okay. Okay, now point two. If this show is an indictment on the system in which we work that doesn't allow for equal parenting to happen. Thank you. Then I'm all for it. If we're going to be talking about, you know, maternity leave, paternity leave, like all these kinds of things, if they can weave like actual social issues that actually impact parents and the way that they parent, let's talk about, you know, like the, the state of childcare in this country, Mm -hmm. then maybe we can have this reboot. If we address those things, if Mr. Mom is not all thumb, I'm just, I'm just a goofy dad who doesn't know what to do with a baby. Oh, look, it pooped. I'm going to run it around and hose it off in the backyard. I highly recommend you watch the movie. Oh, is it going to make me uncomfortable? Well, I think it'll, I think it will, um, I, I think what it will do is it will show you how completely irrelevant it is in today's world because when I think I haven't watched it in many many years when I think about it when I think about vignettes and scenarios from it I get physically angry (laughs) Ah, ah, okay so that's good now the only way so then ultimately the only way we're here for it if it really takes an honest look at what parenting is like in 2018 then we're here for it none and maybe we just call it I don't know not Mr. Mom okay yeah how about just like dad we're gonna call it dad yes we're going to send this idea to Hollywood USA. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, but we need to send a really quick idea to you and send some love to our friends in Florida. And the way we're doing that is by raising money for the Miami diaper banks. Uh, all you have to do is go to mytalk1071.com keyword diaper. Uh, we're, try- we're, we're really close. I mean, we are just about five, less than $500 shy of meeting our match goal. We have Amy and Kay from the No Place Like Home team with Remax results. They will match up to $1,500 dollars of your donations and that money goes a long long way at the diaper bank the miami diaper bank uh we are sending a check directly to them and then they are able to buy diapers at cost for people who have literally lost everything so while you are sitting uh doing whatever it is you're doing right now listening to us we're all hanging out think about all the things you have Think about um, the fact that you get to go to a home tonight that is not damaged. You get to sleep in a bed uh, and feel safe and secure. And if you've got children, you know that you've got diapers. Um, the people who have experienced this extreme devastation, they don't have that. And so if you can reach in your pockets and give even $5, it will go a very long way for people who really 
need it. MyTalk1071.com keyword diapers. And when we come back, Paul McGuire Grimes from Paul's trip to the movies. Oh my gosh, we have three movies, all of which I want to hear about. So we may have to keep him long today because these are going to be good after this on MyTalk1071. Paul McGuire Grimes from Paul's trip to the movies, the website and the podcast joins us every Friday uh, to tell us what's in theaters. This is the Colleen and Bradley show, My Talk 1071, streaming live at mytalk1071.com, everything entertainment. I'm Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainers off. Holly Roberts is filling in and uh, and our friend Paul McGuire Grimes has joined us. Hi Paul. Hello, it's great to be here. It is great to have you yeah. here, especially knowing that there are three movies all of which I am excited to talk about. Oh yeah. There's- that never happens. Right. There's a lot going on in theaters right now. And there's even more movies out that I just didn't get a chance to review for today. Okay. So first of all, let's get this out of the way. Why are there so many good movies right now? Well, we're in the <laughs> fall season. Is this the season? Yes. Okay. It's fall season. We're gearing up for the Oscars. Okay. So this. So we're going to have some good stuff probably. Oh. oh I've, more the calendar to come. is stacked. Okay. This is good. So the first one I want to talk about, and I'll just give everybody a preview. There are three movies that we're talking about, and we're probably going to keep Paul for two full segments because one of these movies is going to need a lot of attention. <laughs> We've got First Man, The Hate You Give, and A Star is Born. Mm-hmm. Again, all movies I am excited about. The first one that we should talk about is First Man. Right. This is the the true story. It's of a fictional Neil account, but Armstrong that's fine. and the trials and tribulations that he went through um, to become part of Project Gemini and what it took for him to become the first man to land on the moon on Apollo Eleven. But you just didn't hear. Paul McGuire Grimes is Colleen's trying to convince you that nobody actually landed on the moon and that it was all fake. Um, fake news. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think you're one of. Th- one person that believes this in this building right now, um, Colleen Lindstrom. I don't know. I've there. Are, I get winks from people every once in a while. Know, they don't want to say it out loud. They don't, they're not brave. I believe what I see in the movies, and from this movie, I believe it. That is true. That he landed on the moon. Okay, so first of all, let's talk about who plays Neil Armstrong. Yeah. So in this, it's it's Ryan Gosling, and he's oh, reteaming. Yes, it is. I mean, sorry. hello. Sorry. That, it's my I moment. Yeah. Not sorry. My man. Uh, he's reteaming <laughs> with uh, Damien Chazelle, who directed him in La La Land. So they're repairing together. He directed this, and Ryan Gosling is, I think, really great at playing very internal characters. We see that Neil is a very kind of quiet guy, very mm-hmm. reserved, and he is. At, the, the movie starts with him mourning the death of his daughter him plowing headfirst into work and then what happens along the way and the shuttles that collapse before we get to the moon mm-hmm. and him kind of watching his fellow astronauts die along the way mm-hmm. um so he ryan is really great at doing that damien chazelle the director you know he did whiplash la la land this is by by far his biggest movie to date and he, I think, is very much inspired by Stanley Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey mm-hmm. in that there's it's a very visual movie. And- I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. And he's leaning on practical effects, really putting you inside the cockpit of what it is to be in a shuttle. So there's a lot of shaky cam, a lot of up close stuff. So that if that bothers you, I just want to tell people that. Oh, that's front. good to know mm-hmm. because that can be. So it's not like space camp inside the rocket. No. Okay. 
Because that was not shaky cam. <laughs> I mean, it is. There's a lot of shaky cam in it. And yeah. I was like, woof, we're getting tight. We're getting right. shaky. So you're really like having a visceral experience along with. Oh, yes. It kind of goes from that to then very quieter moments. And I want to say like, it's a slower movie. Mm-hmm. The, mo- the movie itself is kind of not quite what I'd expect in terms of pace. When you think about movies like Interstellar, Gravity, or even like Hidden Figures, like there is a drive. And there's there's a drive to this. But mm-hmm. those have this propelling action mm-hmm. where this is is a lot of kind of back and forth of what's going on at NASA to then get to the ending. Pat, do you think that it would be a comparison to The Right Stuff, which is another movie about uh, the space program at the time, The Right Stuff coming out in 1983, so it's a little slower, more methodical, and maybe perhaps not thoughtful, maybe? Oh, for sure, definitely thoughtful. And it really is reflective of that time period. You know, we didn't move at a fast pace in the 60s um, when this occurred. I didn't move at all in the 60s. (laughs) I didn't Um, And because Neil is such a quiet guy, Mm -hmm. it's along his pace as well. And then you have Claire Foy mm-hmm. playing his wife, Corey Stoll playing Buzz Aldrin, and then you have Kyle Chandler, Jason Clark, a really big cast of people that yeah. you recognize in this movie. But then once you actually get to the ending, the climax of the movie, the actual moon landing, it is stunning. It's majestic. It is huge. It like takes this huge turn. Mm-hmm. Like, like it would right. you know, once you were on the moon. Right. It becomes this event. The score is elevated. It becomes this really big thing. Let me ask you this: Is it wor- does it feel worth it oh. to go through all the kind of slowness? Yes, of I it? think it, I think it is. And the, the those scenes on the moon were shot with IMAX cameras, so you have this visceral change mm-hmm. when looking at the movie and when that happens, and you feel in it. I mean, it's a movie that you go out to the Minnesota Zoo to see on the IMAX theater, so that you are there. On the you moon, are having you are having that that moment with Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin and Michael Collins. You know, Very cool. it's um, there's. There's fake news about the movie, too, where people are talking about it being unpatriotic, un-American, mm-hmm. and that couldn't be further from it. We see the American flag multiple times throughout the movie. It It is very patriotic. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of punctuated with a speech from President Kennedy. Mm-hmm. So, it does, The part that people are, are worried about is the part where the flag is placed on the moon. Yes. And that is the part that is missing, but people might not realize how much else there is in the movie. Yes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And we know we've seen that image. Right. So what Damien is doing is showing other parts of this story. Uh, really quickly, how many ticket stubs Four on Four to five one? ticket stubs on First Man. Oh, wow. That's good. Okay, when nice. we come back, The Hate You Give and A Star Is Born, we will go through those movies after this on the Colleen and Bradley show with our friend Paul McGuire Grimes, Paul's trip to the movies after this on My Talk 1071. Paul McGuire Grimes has graciously consented to stay another segment with us on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071. Streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainers, off. Holly Roberts is in. And Paul McGuire Grimes, of course, he is our movie guy. Paul's trip to the movies. Uh, we just got done talking about First Man, which is in theaters. Yes, but the true moon landing the uh, in Ryan Gosling plays Neil Armstrong. Of the it's, fictional moon landing. Yeah. Um, but no, <laughs> there are two other there are two other movies that are that are like have been really anticipated in theaters. The first one I want to talk about is The Hate You Give. Yes. So this is about a young girl. Um, her name is Star. She's a young black girl. Um, and I and I say that because that's the point of this movie. Mm-hmm. She um, she lives in a kind of lower class, lower income community but then she goes to school in a predominantly white private school so she's really trying to figure out what her voice and what community she fits in best with Mm -hmm. and one night after leaving a party 
she and her friend, she witnesses her friend being shot by a white cop Mm -hmm. after he pulls them over. Mm -hmm. So then it becomes a story of her trying to figure out, do I share that it's me that saw this? Will people believe me? And what is going to happen now? Yeah, it, so it's based on a book. Based um, on a young adult book, which mm-hmm. I, I did not know going in. Oh, interesting. Okay. But that kind of reframes some things after seeing the movie. Oh, interesting. Oh. So do you think that it's important to know that this movie is based on a book? Yes. And I think that will help with the tone of the movie. So upon like first glance, I it really kind of it, when you see these images, when you think about Philando Castillo mm-hmm. and the real stories that this is kind of shaped from, mm-hmm. it kicks you in the gut. I mean, you have that reaction, yeah. right? You're kind of you're fired up. Um, and I was kind of fired up. And then on the way home, my husband and I were really talking about this movie in a really like deep level. Mm-hmm. And one of the issues with the movie is like. It wants you to have that reaction, but then it brings up a lot of issues without always addressing them or taking a firm stance. Mm. It like it it wants you to think about different characters and then maybe where they're all coming from, but not pointing out like this is how we want you to feel from this movie specifically about this specific issue. Well, and I yeah. get that that is one of the the traps I think sometimes movies that are made from books fall into mm-hmm. is because from literature you can tell, you can use words to tell more of the story. Right. In a way that in movies, you can't just tell that part with images. It leaves, uh, it leaves a lot of the responsibility on the viewer to intuit something that is, you're unsure of. And, and, and us watching it as two men in our thirties right. is a different audience than I think maybe what they're going for or mm-hmm. what is there? Who is, who their, is their audience? audience? And maybe knowing that's based on a young adult and this girl showing her experience is for that teen audience mm, sure. to go in wondering what is their voice as maybe a young protester, mm-hmm. as someone that is figuring out what their voice is. And I think this movie with that voice can do really well. And Paul, it, oh, sorry. Excuse oh, keep going, Holly. Oh, I was going to say, uh, Paul, have you had an opportunity to talk to any young people who have seen this movie, The Hate You Give, and, and their perspective on it? I have not yet, and I really want to do that. Like, mm-hmm. I would love to get a variety of voices. And what do you get out of this movie? Mm-hmm. You know, we have other people in it like, um, so Amandala Stenberg is fantastic, a star. You really feel what she is going through. She's a great young actress. I really love what she did in this movie. You also have Common, who plays a cop in it, is her uncle. Mm-hmm. He's also very, it's a very interesting, conflicting mm-hmm. portrait of what he's going through as a cop in this situation. Mm-hmm. You have Regina Hall um, as her mom. KJ Appa, who's on Riverdale, plays her boyfriend, who's not used a lot in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Issa Rae, who people know from Insecure. Anthony Mackie plays her uncle that is like this gang kingpin of the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And I think Ryan and I had a lot of trouble with that character. Mm-hmm. And what is his role in this story and how the movie ends? You know, it's interesting because I've started to read the book. I started it a while ago and then I had put it down because I had something else I needed to read. Um, and I never have picked it back up again, not because I don't want to, I right. just haven't had the time. But when I think about what I know of the book, um, there really is the benefit of seeing the situation through the eyes of the characters that you are focusing on and knowing what the thoughts are. Right. Um, And I can see how I almost think it's important to have both the book and a movie as a companion, because there are things you are going to get out of the book that you can't get out of the movie. Mm -hmm. And the opposite is also true. Right. And so I always, I'm my, I'm always hopeful that when people choose to see a movie that is based on a book, that they do 
take the time to also read the book Mm -hmm. because I think it sort of completes the picture for you in the best way. And a movie like this that is so topical that has such issues about race Mm -hmm. and police brutality and all of these issues that go into this Mm -hmm. systemic issue. You know, we were talking about other movies like Black Klansman or Moonlight or 12 Years a Slave, that experience. Movies that I think tell this story better in a more pointed way. Yeah. You knew coming out of Black Klansman what Spike Lee wanted you to get out of that movie and it was very, very clear. Mm-hmm. And that's why that mm-hmm. movie is the best movie of the year. Right. Mm-hmm. This right. one doesn't quite get there because it's kind of generic in a way. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay, so how many tickets I'm giving for a three that? out of five because I think at its base level it will affect teens and I think get people talking. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Okay. If you have zero reaction to the movie then that's... Then you should then probably it, talk to somebody about that. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Now, uh, finally, we have to get to this because everybody's talking about A Star is Born. Yes. Everybody's talking everybody's about it. Everybody's talking oh. about it. And let me tell you, I have seen all four versions of A Star is Born. We talk about it on a new episode of the podcast, Paul Shipley Movies on Podcast One, mytalk1071.com. And this is my favorite of the four. The, <laughs> wow. The new one, whoa, lady. whoa, 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 Paul. Holly. Mm, he knows, though, because he saw it. <laughs> and but I will tell even, you exactly even, why. Even better than the Judy Garland, James Mason version from the 1950s, which is a phenomenal movie, regardless of whether it being A Star is Born or not. Agreed, because Judy Garland is phenomenal in that movie. Like, that was a big improvement for me over the original with Janet Gaynor from the 1930s. That movie, in my opinion, is too long. We saw a three-hour cut of it, and there's a lot of stuff that you can just kind of take out. Mm -hmm. And you're kind of wondering why certain characters make certain choices. In this one, I feel like Bradley Cooper as co-writer and director gives you specific reasons why all these characters act a certain way. You feel for for them from the get-go. You understand why he's an alcoholic, why he is such an addict, and you you understand his plight. You get why Lady Gaga is coming in as Allie and her as this aspiring singer-songwriter and what she goes through when she meets this guy, falls in love. And then sees addiction really take over his life and his career. And what does that mean for their marriage mm-hmm. and their relationship? So for me, I think this movie equally tells her story, her rise, his fall to addiction, and what does their their careers and addiction play on their relationship? Okay, so when you talk about this, I'm like, I want to see that movie. Right. But when Thank you. But this is what I'm frustrated about with this movie, is that everybody who sees it is like, it's amazing. It's amazing. It'll blow your mind. It's amazing. And I'm like, I I don't know anything really about it because all I can hear Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper talking about is how poignant it is that she went makeup free. Okay, so which I'm like in 2018, that, that makes me want to spit. That I think has to do with a screen test, and that is taken from the very first movie. They're mm-hmm. reenacting a scene, so that very much is within the world of A Star's Born that I think they were doing for a screen test. So I don't think it's about Lady Gaga not wearing makeup in the movie because she her character goes from. A singer-songwriter who performs in drag clubs to then being a massive pop star. So she's going, like, there is that massive plight that her character goes through. Right. But I feel like that's been such a focus of the conversation. Right. And it doesn't play well, and it doesn't bring me to the movie. Interesting. And that's what's frustrating about it, is to me, it feels like um, they are kind of lightly trying to tell you 
that Lady Gaga went ugly for this role so she can get an Oscar. And I'm wondering if like Charlize Theron. Right. And I'm like, no, it's not like that. And I was skeptical because <laughs> I didn't want Lady Gaga to just play herself. Right. And you yes. can make comparisons in the movie of what Ali goes through is similar to what Gaga went through. But I was into it from the beginning and I went in very hesitant. And I believe Lady Gaga as his character, Ali. I never once thought about Gaga outside of, oh, Ali's path is very similar to Gaga's but I didn't think oh that's Mariah in glitter you weren't or busy she, looking at it as Lady Gaga no. playing a role she holds her own against Bradley Cooper mm. and Bradley Cooper I think is actually better than her I mean he's the better actor but like he gets under the skin of what it means to be an addict addict and it just pains you inside to watch what he goes through and then as a director he knows how to keep the pace up with this right. movie he's a lot of ground to cover if you've seen the other movies and if you know the ending by the time you get to it in this movie like for me i knew it was coming and it still broke mm. my heart and he has really good artistic choices of how he creates this movie and this is bradley cooper's first time directorial debut his directorial debut so what you're saying paul is that he has a, a future in, oh, f- future in film future in film as a director and i w- i will buy into it. I've always have liked him as an actor, but I'm like, I get what you're doing as a director, and I'm all here for it. How many ticket stubs? Five out of five tickets. Get stubs. right out of Second town. one of the year. Holy buckets! So, Black Klansman, I think, was your first five tickets. Yes, uh, it ticket, was. Good five memory. Five out of five tickets. Well, you did just say it was your favorite film of the year. That's true. So, That's true. so <laughs> You're paying attention. I was paying attention. But uh, A Star is Born is your second favorite movie of the year. Yeah. Okay. I guess I'm going to have to go see that. Go see it. I think you will. And the music is fantastic. I've been listening to the soundtrack all week. The song that they sing together that is everybody in my whole entire family loves it. Shallow. It's so it's a heart. It's heart. Yeah. It's a moment for a character in the movie, too. Okay. All right. Well, Paul McGuire Grimes, Paul's trip to the movies. Catch and is this the podcast that you just put up? Is yes, this the so it's Star my is husband Born? Ryan and I are talking about Wonderful. it. It's not all four versions of the Star is Born. It's on podcast one right now, episode thirty five. Perfect. Wonderful. Thank you so much for thank dropping you. by, uh, and thank you for taking the time to really dig deep in all three of those really good movies. Anytime. All right. Now Donnie is going to play against me in the throwback live after this. I hope that I have a win like yesterday. It's called a sweep. We'll see if I do it after this on My Talk 107.1. Hey, My Talkers. Uh, before we start playing our very fabulous game on the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 107.1, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley, trainers off. Holly Roberts has been filling in. Um, I got to remind everybody that it, we really want to do something good. As we are having fun here in the studio today, we need to remember that people in Florida are really struggling today when they've lost everything after Hurricane Michael uh, has passed through the Florida panhandle. And uh, as a result of that, we are doing a diaper drive. We're doing it a little differently than we usually do. We're collecting money and uh, we're going to send it directly to the Miami Diaper Bank. So it really That's is right. still going for diapers. Um, but we're asking you to donate by going to mytalk1071.com keyword diapers and then donate to the Colleen and Bradley show because we are just under $400 away from our match goal. So oh, we can do it. We I really know can. We can do it. Amy and Kay from the no place like home team with Remax results have committed to matching up to $1,500 that we raise on our show. 
every dollar match. That means if you have five dollars, that instantly turns into ten dollars. Boom, math. There it is. <laughs> there you go, math. Um, and that money stretches a really long way because the Miami di- Diaper Bank is able to buy diapers at a lower cost. Right. So it really is going to be so helpful for them to have that money. If you are able to right now go to mytalk1071.com keyword diaper, we would really like to be able to see this match happen. Yes. So now that we've done that and you're, everybody's feeling very giving and going to the website and going and to the website and donating, um, we will provide you some background music. And that is us playing the throwback live. It's time for the Festivus Feats of Strength. Actually, it's time for the Throwback Live at 2.45. Sweep the leg. I must predict. Win just one for the Kimber. Colleen versus Bradley. Oh, nerd versus party girl. In a pop culture audio battle. Now before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Rule number one, no touching of the hair or face. And now your host. Oh, run this mother. Holly Roberts. Ah, that's right. I run this little game called the Throwback Live at 245. And here are the rules of the game. We're going to play five vintage pop culture audio clips. The first to identify three correctly will win the Throwback Live at 245. And Colleen and today's special guest player, Donnie Love, buzz in by yelling out their names. But it's Donnie Love here. Oh, he's right there. Oh, there he is. There he is. Yeah. There he is. He's right there. Okay. Yeah, now we Wait, wait, is that you? That's Donnie, how you. You're oh, Donnie, you're the, the wrong, wrong mic. mic. Wow, <laughs> producer extraordinaire. Here he comes. Donnie Love. What difference does it make what mic I'm on? Because you had the wrong mic on, <sighs> and then you weren't talking into the mic. I was talking into the mic. Did we just play the game? Mm, wow. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Fun. Yay. Well, let me tell you before we start playing the game. Well, Donnie is playing for Team Bradley. As it stands right now, total victory tally of the throwback live at 245 is Colleen 68. Bradley, 70. So let's play. Let's have a little fun here. Oh, jeez. Don't start with a bad attitude. Sorry, it's the Bradley effect when you oh, sit in I this know. chair. It's true. Mm, it's true. It. Okay, yeah. here we go. All right, here I'm we ready. go. Our first vintage pop culture audio clip. Colleen and Donnie, listen carefully and identify this. Colleen. Colleen. Now, that was a tie. Now, come on now. I just didn't say it as loud. I'm sorry. I object. That was a tie. Donnie, okay, if you don't want to play nicely, you can no, leave the no, room No, no, no. Come on now. I said it exactly the same time you as just, she said I haven't it. even answered it yet. And the funny thing about it is, I'm not even entirely sure. Give it a go. If I've got it correct. No, neither am I. But I think it is. <laughs> that is uh, CSI. I don't think it's, uh, no, what is that? Oh, my gosh. I'll no, keep playing the clip oh, for Donnie. No, I don't need it. What Law is it? and order. Ah! I get them all mixed up. The NCIS is the CSIs, the Law and Orders, the, the BRB, BRB, the, WT- the, yeah, the WTFs. I don't remember. I know. Darn it. Yeah. Well, congrats, Donnie. All right. Now, moving Wait, on which to... Which one was it? Law and Order. Law okay. and Order. All right. Donnie has a point. Yay! Oh. Can I stop now? No. No, you can't. Now, moving on to our to second do. vintage pop culture audio clip. Now, Colleen and Donnie, listen carefully and identify this vintage pop culture audio clip. Donnie. 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 That would be Daydream Believer by the Monkees. Yeah. <sighs> but Colleen knew. I did, and I love this song so much. Oh, I could hide the wings of a bluebird as she sings. Davy Jones. Oh. Six o'clock alarm. There it is. 
You know that they have a Christmas album out now. Mm-hmm. Oh, the monkeys. The the two remaining or there's three. There's three. Michael Nesmith is back in the is back in the. Oh, that's mix. right. Yes, mm-hmm. he did rejoin them. Yeah, yeah. Davy Jones that. has gone yes, to the great beyond. Peter Torkelson. Yes, Peter Tork from mm-hmm. Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Wow, Donnie, have any other knowledge to drop on <laughs> no, us uh, before we move on to our third? Vintage no extra pop credit culture. points for that. Yeah, though, Donnie. No, sorry no, about none that. Whatsoever, right. None whatsoever. Third vintage okay. pop culture audio clip. Donnie, two points. Colleen is yet to score, but it's still anybody's game. Now listen carefully and identify this vintage pop culture audio clip. Colleen. 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 This is the Gummy Bears. Yes! Saturday morning cartoons! Yes! I had no oh. clue on that one. This makes me feel happy in my heart. Gummy bears bouncing here and there and everywhere. <laughs> I, I just got a look from our social media gal, Hannah. The gummy bears. You know, but getting a look from oh. Hannah is pretty much a daily occurrence. No, I know, but she just <laughs> is really like, smart. I don't know what this is. What is that? It's my childhood. Who are the monkeys? Yes. Okay, one for me, two for Donnie. Okay, yes. Yes. Here we go. Yes. That's right. time left. Okay, Ooh, here we go. Quick one coming at you. Here it is. Shazam. Uh, Donnie. Donnie. That is uh, Gomer Pyle. <laughs> USMC. That's right. Golly. Hey, wait, Sergeant Carter. I'm done. Uh, I yeah, believe well, I have here's three the points. Thing. Colleen, Colleen, I'm going to let you know that Donnie's self-esteem is fragile, so I rigged the game so that he could get some points today. Oh, without... That did you just did you rig it, it so you get all the points? You got the gummy bears. Congra- I did get the gummy bears, yeah, and he would have never gotten no the gummy bears. Idea. Congratulations, Donnie. What did Donnie win today? Donnie won. I don't have any prizes. Oh the my gosh, short. we don't have any prizes. <laughs> you know, me reclaiming some of my self-esteem as prize. I'm so all happy. Right. I'm so yeah. happy. Okay, uh, Donnie, thank you for playing the Throwback oh, man, Live. You got to tell us what's going on on today's program. Well. <laughs> Fasten your seatbelts because our guest co-host today is Pat Royce. You guys, I can't get out to my car fast enough to hear this. I don't, I just, this, you got to listen. I'm going to have my finger on the dump button. I think it's going to be okay. Are you worried more about Julia? Usually. Yeah, okay. All right, so Julia and Royce coming up next. It's going to be crazy on My Talk 107.1. Thanks for hanging with us.